0: You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal L.A. Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. We wanted to uh, get to know our guest speakers. Uh, they're not going to give you a you know, two-and-a-half-hour exegesis on uh, all the you know, times fire is mentioned in the Bible. He was going to do that. We talked him off the ledge. Um so they're going to just introduce themselves tonight, share a little bit about their life. Uh super excited to have them down from Ashland, Oregon, God's country. So without further ado, I'm going to let them do most of the introducing. This is Elias and Rachel Delow. Let's give it up for Coastal LA Zone. Amen. Thanks, man. Wow. It has been a night already. It is definitely past our bedtime. Uh, We're usually in bed by like 9.30. We've been up since about 4.30 this morning traveling. But we are fired up to be here with you guys. I was taking video and sending it to people because it's just so awesome. Um, We are very excited. I'm going to let Rachel say something briefly and then I'm going to say a prayer and we'll jump into a short charge here. Hello. I just wanted to say hi. I'm so excited to be here, to see so many of my friends. I haven't seen you guys in forever. To be in a room with this many people, it's been years since I've seen this many disciples in one room together. I'm super excited and looking forward to the women's lesson tomorrow. Looking forward to seeing you guys there and just looking forward to catching up over the weekend. Amen. If you would, let's pray. Father, thank you for the time that we get to come together to worship, uh, to fellowship, to laugh, uh, to get Cheesecake Factory gift cards. Uh, Father, we have such a rich fellowship. Thank you for what you've given us. Thank you for how you've redeemed our lives from the pit. God, we were going towards death spiritually. We were dead. God, and you pulled us out of the darkness. Thank you. Uh, God, we have such an incredible life because of you. I do want to just say a special prayer tonight for those who are not with us, for those who are traveling or uh, maybe just couldn't make it this weekend uh, because of illness or things that have come up. God, please be with them, Father. Please uh, protect them, strengthen them, encourage them. I say a special prayer for uh, Ruthie's sister who was in a motorcycle accident in, uh, uh, just this today, I believe, and uh, is going into surgery for her, her back, which is broken. And, Uh, God, that you would just comfort her, that you would open her eyes spiritually through this time, God. Uh, God, be with all of our families. I know that all of us desire to see our families become Christians and give their lives over to you. Help us be the light in our families. Uh, Please be with me as I speak. Let your spirit speak through me. Uh, In the midst of my weakness, God, overlook my pride, and uh, and really let us have a great time in your Lord's tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is really good to be with everybody. How many of you guys were here for the first ever Catalyst Retreat? Okay, a couple of us. It was in 2008. It was nothing like this. It has gotten really cool since. It was cool, but this is really cool. We weren't giving away Cheesecake Factory gift cards, that's for sure. You guys gave away like half my salary tonight. Um, but we, we, uh, we love the Catalyst Retreats. We started doing also what was called the Ignite Retreats. You guys ever been to the Ignite Retreats? Ignite was a little bit like Catalyst, but a different time of the year. Uh, we, we wanted to give it a subheading, and Angela Williams came up with the subheading of Ignite. Let's get lit. <laughs> and I said, to Angela, we don't do that anymore. That's, that's not what we're going to do here at this kind of retreat. Uh, but it is, as Rachel said, it's really good to see everybody. Um, we we haven't fellowshiped with more than fifty Christians at a time in about a year and a half. So to look at a room like this, it's just very encouraging. It's great to see old friends and to see some color in the room. I don't I don't know if you know, but Southern Oregon there's it's a lot of white people, and uh, you know we moved up there and it was. It was, I reached out, I saw one African-American guy, I said, I'm going to reach out to this guy. I went over and reached out to him, I said, dude, you got to come to my church. He said, I'm from Long Beach, I'm just visiting. I said, oh, great, great, great. So it is great to see the brothers and the sisters and everybody in between, all right? Uh, we are humbled to be here, uh, humbled that we got asked to speak, grateful to Marco and Michelle for thinking of us. Um, You know, I was converted in 2003 in the Cerritos Ministry, and it doesn't—it's not even there anymore. It was like 25 of us, you know, in the Singles Ministry at that time. And but I didn't know any different. I was just fired up. I was fired up to be a Christian. Rachel was converted in South Bay in 2008. Uh, We've had the opportunity to serve in Long Beach, uh, in the West Side. I served for a little bit there. Uh, We served in the South Bay Ministry. We just haven't done the Latino ministry, but that's, we're working on it. Um, you know, and we're, we're really amazed. We got to go uh, in 2012. We got the opportunity to go lead the church in Ashland, Oregon, the Rogue Valley Church. And uh, it has been really encouraging to see what God's done. We've seen 19 people baptized and restored in the last year and a half. We've had five weddings. So if you really want to get married... It's something in the water up there. You guys got to come. We hired a campus intern. We raised up two other men who can preach the word on Sundays. We're working on training a third guy. Uh, we've launched a marrieds ministry. We launched a singles ministry of 11 people. Be grateful for your singles ministry. Um, we, we've really seen a lot happen. We're up, we're up to about 45 members now uh, in our church. Our goal is to get to 55 by the end of this year so that then we can send out a mission team to plant a campus ministry on the U of O in Eugene in 2015 God has impressed us he's taken care of us he's provided for us the whole way and he's called our faith higher and i want to talk to you tonight about that uh, i think i have slides i may not but there they are you know the the title of the lesson that they gave me to preach on was the lord appeared in the flames i hope you brought a bible You know, I think we all want to be called to do something great for God. Amen? None of us want to be benchwarmers spiritually. Amen? None of us signed up for lordship thinking, yes, I'm going to give up sex and drinking and living for myself, and I'm going to go to church two times a week. That's not what we were thinking, right? We were thinking, I'm going to give up my sinful life, I'm going to get a new life, and I'm going to do something awesome for God. I'm going to see God use my life in a powerful way. And we went into those waters of baptism saying, Jesus is Lord. Ready to give up everything. Ready to give ourselves up for a Savior who gave himself up for us. And we were ready for an adventure. That would matter beyond our bank accounts and our careers and our talents and our families, an adventure that would matter for eternity. And I think, yet, many of us, over time, as Christians, as disciples, we've settled into a nice Christian routine. We go to midweek. We go to midweek, right? Amen. Midweeks are important. We go to church on Sundays. Most times, right? We go to Panera Bread for lunch afterwards. We go to an extra meeting here or there. Every now and then we get involved in a Bible study with someone or maybe lead a Bible talk lesson. We focus mostly on our careers. And we give the church our evenings a couple nights a week. And we may think, hey, we're radical because we believe something radical about salvation that other people don't. You know, the Pharisees thought the same thing. And they put more stock in what they believed in their spiritual insights into the Scriptures rather than what they were actually doing from a burning heart to please God. You know, we read a book about being fired up for God, and we feel that burning in our hearts. We feel that desire. We feel that longing. We watch a documentary maybe about serving the poor. We watched Blood Brother this week in our church. And it inspires us. Our hearts are soft. We're willing. We sing songs like we sang tonight. And our eyes are suddenly lifted to see God and how great He is. And yet we go on living nice Christian lives. But we don't want nice Christian lives. None of us want to be Ned Flanders. Amen? Amen? Oakley to Oakley, neighbor. None of us want to be that guy or girl. We want to catch fire. We want to do something great for God. Turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 3. You know, how do we do that? How do we catch fire? Oh, this is our church, by the way. I forgot to show you that slide. We don't have a church building. We've just been on the beach. That's not true. Now, we have a church building. We just, once a year, we all go camping together, and we have church service down there on the water. In Oregon, you can do whatever you want on the beach. We start huge fires. Nobody comes and regulates us. It's awesome. It is awesome. Exodus chapter 3, we're going to look at 17 verses here, and I hope you're awake enough to read. Moses, it says here in in verse 1, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire with a bush, within a bush. Moses saw, and saw that through the bush, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Then the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am, con- I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, per- Perizzites, Hivitites, and the Jebusites. A whole lot of ites up there. And now... The cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to, to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain, where they later received the Ten Commandments. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said, Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. God said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from this generation from generation to generation. Go, assemble the elders of the Israelites and say to them, The Lord, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen that the, seen what has done, been done to you in Egypt. And I have, I have a promise to bring you out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, all the ites, flowing with milk and honey. You know, Moses, at this point of his life, was in a nice routine. He had a job. He had a family. He's got a wife. In his mind, he's thinking, maybe I'm going to live this. You know, this is going to be my life. This is it. He had reinvented himself. He had gone from this murderous, elitist, selfish guy... To a husband, a steady worker, a humble shepherd for his father-in-law. Hiding out, not causing any trouble, not rocking any boats. Some of us are hiding out in our routines. We've, seen, we've changed, we've reinvented ourselves in some ways. And now we're just living a nice, good life. But God has something more in mind for Moses, right? He calls him. And Moses, you got to understand, he is the most unlikely candidate to do something far beyond himself and to get out of his comfort zone. God knew, hey, I'm going to have to get this guy's attention by setting a bush on fire. Just to get him to listen to the mission details. In, in, in chapter 4 and verse 1, you don't have to look there, but Moses says, what if they don't believe me? In verse 10, he says, I'm not talented enough. In verse 13, he says, someone else would be better at doing this than me. He was terrified. He wanted to stay in his safe routine. In the comforts of the predictable. But God knows in Moses' heart, long ago, there was something in him that longed for greatness. And there's something in us Maybe it was long ago. Maybe you're feeling it this weekend. Maybe you're just looking for it. That wants greatness in this life. That wants to catch fire. Are you with me right there? And God simply will not let Moses live out a boring life. My only point for you this morning, I, I moved through this pretty quickly, is out of the routine and into the radical. And that's what God wants to do for us. You know, in 2012, I started praying every day, God, give me a calling. I wrote it in the back of my Bible. Every year, I write these stretch of faith prayers. And in the back of my Bible, I said, "You know, I want a calling this year. And I prayed every day, God, give me a calling. Sometimes I I was just almost downright demanding for it. But I was begging God for six months straight I had been a disciple for about eight years. I was in a routine. I was in the ministry part-time. I was going to school. Life was busy. It was good. It was steady. It was comfortable. And I was thinking about stepping out of the ministry and just kind of focusing on my career a little bit more. We had just gotten married. And, you know, the the practical things of life, I was thinking, right? But there was a part of my heart that just wanted, you know, if, if, if there's something else, maybe God will give it to me. I just got to beg Him for it. came to Midweek one night, and Marco said, Hey, I want you to go check out this interview position in Ashland, Oregon. We had never heard of Ashland before in our lives. I had zero intention of moving to Oregon. But we were excited to check it out, and at the very least felt honored. And, you know, it was a great time. The church is awesome there. I hope you come up and visit us. You will not see anything else like it. Not because of what we're doing, but because of the hearts of the Christians. It's awesome. But God was speaking to me. He was calling me. He was offering me something. He was answering my prayers of the last six months. And I was scared, honestly. I thought, what if I run out of things to preach about? What if I'm not able to inspire them and they all fall away? What if I don't have what it takes to lead a church? Someone else should be doing this, really. But I thought to myself, you know, this, this is what I asked for. Even though in my mind when I was praying for calling, it looked more like maybe becoming a full-time intern in the L.A. church. Right? Or maybe just focusing more on being a teacher. That was going to be the direction. or. You know, it didn't look like leading a mission team-sized church in a town of 24,000, five hours away from the nearest church, 12 hours and 700 miles away from all of our friends and family with no job prospects for Rachel, settling, setting back my graduation for my, my bachelor's degree, moving into a new ministry for the second time in the first year of our marriage, and doing all this with no finances to cushion us and no real leadership experience in terms of leading a church. That's not what it looked like. But you know what? God isn't really in the business of comfortable and easy. He's looking for someone who's willing to do the uncomfortable and the uneasy. I thought to myself, this is what you asked for, Elias. What are you going to do about it? You're going to cower out? You're going to back down? You're going to go back to the predictable, the routine? month later, we packed up our U-Haul. I sold my surfboard. And we said goodbye to our friends and family. We hauled up to Ashland, Oregon. Started our lives up there. And you know, God has tested me and challenged me more than ever before in my faith. A lot of my prayers are, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not enough. I'm not the man for the job. And I've come to realize that doesn't concern him either. It just doesn't matter to God. So I stopped praying like that. More like, just God, I'm going to be up there to speak. You might as well use me. (laughs) Moses was the least likely for this position. He was the guy hiding out the farthest away. He had been removed from the situation for 40 years. Five years ago, I was delivering pizzas and sleeping on a floor in an apartment with three other dudes. God wants to use the underdog, amen? The least likely, amen? I remember a staff meeting in L.A. where every guy, you know, we went around and encouraged each other. And every guy started with their encouragement with me with, when Marco hired you, I really wasn't sure he knew what he was doing. When you first came on staff, I didn't think you had what it took. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm over it. But, and they went on to encourage me with but, you know, and all the good things, right? But I've been tested. You know, and, and since moving to the church, you know, I've, I've never seen God move so much. too. Never in my Christianity have I seen God so clearly and so powerful. He's done incredible things. He's doing incredible feel blessed to be part of this calling. I see my faith. I see it in my discipleship. I see it in my marriage. I see it in my character changing. I'm so grateful that God called me out of the routine and into something radical. You know, God didn't promise Moses it was going to be easy. Right? He didn't promise him that he would find a nice, comfortable routine to fall into after he answered this call. But God did, in verse 10, Promise him that he would be with him. That he would go with him. He says, I'm sending you, Moses. I'm with you. I got your back. And still, Moses could have backed out. He could have gone back to shepherding, living for his family, sticking to the routine. And we wouldn't be here reading about his life today. He would never have existed in our minds. On the minds of millions of people, to you know God has seen some of you, and He's called. He's called you, and you've been avoiding. It. And He's put it on your heart. Some of you feel called to the mission field, whether in the states or abroad, but you feel called to go. Maybe you felt called long ago and it's been a while and you've been in a routine and you haven't been in touch with it. Some of you feel called to go in the ministry. Some of you feel called to go do benevolent work. Some of you feel called to reach out to the people of your culture, your background, your nationality. Some of you feel called to start a nonprofit, to lead a Bible talk at your work. To serve the children or the elderly in your community. Some of you feel called to, hey, I'm going to be an unpaid, my, my aim is i want going to be an unpaid staff member of the church. Just serve God's kingdom. I hope you feel called to make disciples and to fulfill the Great Commission. Amen? But God's calling you. Don't avoid it. This is my favorite skateboarder. I grew up skateboarding. And uh, his name is Chris Cole. And his... <laughs> His motto is, live rad, don't be lame. And I like that. Because too often I can, I can settle for the lame. He says, live rad, don't be lame. You know, I look out, I see the most talented, the most wealthy, the most educated group of singles anywhere in our movement of churches. There is no greater resource of singles to tap into than in this room right here. Are we in the routine? Are we in the radical? You know, I I know that often we feel called and fear is what stops us, right? What people think stops us. Our insecurities stop us. Moses felt those things. We see that. What if they don't believe me? What are they going to say when I go tell them this stuff? Don't let what people think about you stop you. They're probably not even thinking about you anyways. They're thinking about themselves and what you're thinking about them. Don't let the fact that you don't think you have what it takes stop you. You don't have what it takes. That's why He's God. That's why He wants to build your faith through an experience like that. Live rad. Don't be lame. Live radical lives for God. Not boring. Not lame lives for God. We can get lame spiritually. We just get into the routine, right? It's going to take refusing your sinful nature. Are you with me right there? You're not going to... Go on this mission and live a radical life and catch a full season in Portlandia in one day. You with me right there? Spread it out a little bit, yeah. You're not going to do it by following the norm in your ministry. You're not going to do it by holding back from God your time, your money, your energies. It's going to require everything. You need to put it on the line. Find a mission for God. Refuse to settle into a routine. Refuse to just be a single waiting around to get married. That's lame. Find a mission for God and then He'll give you a partner to help you. That's the way to do it. Any missionary I've talked to has said, Hey, you want to get married? Go on the mission field. You know, older singles, don't let age be an excuse. Moses was pushing 80 at this stage. stage. You know, but we can say to ourselves, I've been around too long. I'm too old. Let the younger folks deal with that kind of stuff. They can be radical. I just want to show up to midweek. You know, younger singles. You know, Jesus called some really young people. Some of them were probably in their their teenage years, and their 20s, and he trained them to go evangelize the lost world. There's no excuse, young or old. Are you with me right there? God wants to take you out of the routine and into the radical. I believe God has shown you burning bushes in your life. It's in the songs that you sing that make you thirst for greater connection. It's in the, the films, the documentaries that you watch. And it, it stirs in you a desire to give up the material and to give up the consumerism and to go do something great that's selfless. It's in the sermons that inspire you to go make disciples and see modern miracles. It's in the books that you read that challenge you to put your faith into action. God has sent you burning dishes. And I believe he's calling you this weekend. I believe this weekend is a time, hey, God wants you to find your mission. Catch fire. Listen to that burning bush in your life. I want to challenge you tonight. Don't go to bed without spending time to pray. It's awesome, the fellowship. Jovi's up here banging out the beats. But let's not just make it about some good music and fellowship. Let's make this weekend about connecting with God and catching fire spiritually. Don't go to bed without begging God, wrestling with God for a mission. Until you're exhausted and we find you, you know, on one of the patio benches by the pool in the morning. But be willing to let him call you out of the routine and into the radical. Don't settle for the routine. Don't avoid it. Go towards it. Moses could have gone, Man, that's weird. He's gone the other way. A burning bush? What's that about? Sheep, let's go over here. You know? But he went towards it. God's going to call you to to do something that you're not comfortable with, something that's not easy, something that you're afraid to do. Go towards it. Find out what it is. God wants to do with us more than we ever thought we could do. We're going to look into the flames and trust His lead. God wants us to have dynamic, powerful, exciting lives as Christians. And when we get out of the routine, we get into the radical, we'll catch fire and we'll experience God's calling in our lives. Let's have a great weekend, everybody. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.